I woke up on my couch with the ladies from The View yammering in the background and moved my hand up to feel my pulse nearly beating through my neck. Gingerly, I swung my legs to the floor, wiped the film of sweat off my forehead, and reached for my Nikes. The waves of nausea had mostly passed, at least for this week and this round, so I propelled myself out the door. Dr. Chin had urged me to be kind to my body, not to push it, but also to keep it vibrant, let it know that it was still living. My four-mile run mornings were out, but walking, breathing in the throbbing vitality of the city all around me, I could do. October had set in, and it had always been my favorite month, the one where the air still captured the warmth of the previous season— but also hung with the promise of the fall chill. When the light on 73rd Street turned red, I stopped and nuzzled the wet nose of a black lab standing beside me with his owner, and in exchange he lapped my face in a warm bath. I wiped down my cheeks and smiled. As I cut over to Central Park, the sun bounced off the crimson and golden leaves, and other than the passing dog walker, it was just me, the nutmeg-scented air, and the autumn hues. When Jake first moved in with me, we took lingering walks each weekend. It was our thing. Some couples play poker, some love to bowl. We loved to explore the park like we might have when we were nine. It was our private playground— We'd stumble over the roots in the rambles, roam up to the ball fields and watch Little League, or sit on the swings at dusk and split a bottle of Merlot. Eventually, our buzz for each other faded, as one's buzz inevitably does, and I spent more weekends holed up on the 31st floor, and he spent more weekends racking up frequent flyer miles in hopes of becoming the next Mellencamp or Petty or Clapton or whomever he'd deem cool enough to emulate that month. Today, because I was on the slow upswing of my chemo cycle, I felt well enough to follow the looping path down past the ice rink and around the carousel. I stopped and watched the little kids, mostly with their nannies, grab the fiberglass horses as tightly as their tiny fists could hold and squeal with delight as they went up, then down, then back up again. That summer the one before Jake and I came down from our heady romantic tornado, he'd convinced me to sneak into the carousel after dark. This can't be a good idea, I'd said, citing the potential political damage to the senator if we were arrested. I can't imagine that bailing out one of her senior most aides will be looked kindly upon in the papers. But he grabbed my hand and picked the lock and led me in anyway. And it was amazing. It was truly as if we were three or four or five, like those kids I saw today. It was a cloudless night, and though you can't see the stars in New York City, in the darkness of the park it's almost as if you can. We sat on the jester-colored horses and stared up at the sky, watching the lights from the skyscraping buildings bounce off the clouds and listening to a nearby summer stage reggae concert— We didn't speak for nearly an hour, and then Jake slipped off his perch on the horse and circled around mine and kissed me, and then we fell into each other in ways that we definitely wouldn't have if we were five. This afternoon, the carousel slowed to a halt and the music wound down. 
as the kids scattered and a few cried, I took my cue to exit as well, pushing my hands into my pockets and wrapping my scarf tighter around my neck. I wasn't sure if the sudden chill were noticeable to anyone but me, or if there were a sudden chill at all, really. I was nearing the park exit when I heard my name echoing behind me. Natalie? Nat? Is that you? I spun around to see Lila Johansson, my sophomore and junior year sorority roommate, and by more current definitions, my second best friend after Sally, and a fellow bridesmaid in Sally's wedding, waving at me from beneath a towering maple tree.